Hello and what is up, Bold Crew? Before we get to the podcast that you are here to listen to, I just want to make a special announcement. The Twin Cities by Night crew has decided to add an additional member to the gang. What does that entail? That means that not only will you be able to potentially play in a future Demon the Fallen game that we will be running for a podcast and YouTube series, but you'll also be able to become part of the gang and be involved in future podcasts and other games that we may have going on on the channel. So how can you apply for this? First, you'll need to stop by our Discord that you can find in this podcast description and get details on how to apply. We'll be accepting applications until September 30th, 2018. And from there, we'll make a decision. We will let you know if you are the one who will become part of the Twin Cities by Night gang. I hope to see you all there. And if you have any questions, you can reach out to us on that same Discord. Good luck. Now I bring to you the future podcast. Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to Changing the Lost Vanity. Vanity is a first edition Chronicles of Darkness game set in southern Florida during the year 1993. Father Katrina, played by Tillman, Raymond, played by Chris, Isabel, played by Andrew, Frank, played by Slavic, and Adam as the storyteller as they uncover the mysteries of the true fae and forge new paths for themselves in a world of beauty and madness. Follow us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM for channel updates, and we hope you enjoy this episode. So let's cut back to Katrina. Do you know which memory you're going to try to offer up? Okay, just to explain what's going on in her head, because I needed to make sense of it myself. I'm thinking she is not really rational right now um, because she's not having as much control over the whole dream thing as she thinks she has. Like she's feeling empowered by it and maybe possibly because of the drugs as well. And she's basically thinking thinking very uh, emotionally right now. Mm. So like it's this hot mess of temptation um being empowered by this whole dream situation um being scared uh of this snake thing but then uh basically the thought that she holds on to is um along with a uh, virtue fortitude i need I need to find raymond uh norma depends on me everybody depends on me if i can find raymond and basically without really thinking too much on it. Um, she stumbles upon this memory uh, when like the time span in her younger days, I think I'm thinking like primary school when her mother noticed like uh, Katrina's really talented at this music and dancing thing and started to really support her, um, showed her all these um, youth dancing things like ballet, which she doesn't, didn't like, but well, it got her started and um, basically the whole path from her being just some kid interested in dancing and music to like actually pursuing pursuing this very early on. That thought, it, it, it dances in your head for one final time as you just as you just remember this bond that you shared with your mother through dancing and just, you know, these these different situations of, of her just 
really connecting with you over dancing. You see the the snake it, it rejoices. It's you hear this cackling laugh deep in your psyche, like a like a human, like a woman's laugh. And she says, "Are you sure you're willing to give this up?" And it's just it's just spinning, dancing, waiting waiting for your approval, ready to just devour this emotion, this memory. Mm, and then she thinks again of Norma and also Raymond. Um, Raymond with uh, is constant saying like, "We can't pretend that everything is good." Like, and uh, Norma. Uh, like uh, she depends on me like she can't be the leader alone and so katrina concedes and... you see the you see the snake just just disappear and then you hear your your own thoughts in your head again katrina when i snap my fingers you will wake and it's it's jarring cuz it's your own voice saying katrina addressing yourself in the in the third person like this You will wake and you will go to the mirror. I will give you the signal and you will step inside. And as a reward, I will take what's been promised to me. And after that's said, you just feel this this emptiness as this this fondness fades from you, as this spark of joy is just extinguished. And that memory of you and your mother is gone. Can't recall it. You think of... of It's like a happy thought that just got away and there's nothing you can do to to bring it back and it's heartbreaking to you and you you start to you start to feel tears well up in your eyes as you try to clutch for that memory again you try to you try to just reach out and pull it back into you but it's just gone and then you just hear a snap like and you are awake And you're still heavily, heavily, heavily intoxicated from this, from this sort of like drug-induced. It's like a LSD-like high. And you stand up from the bed, and you see the the walls and the floor moving beneath you. You see things shifting and changing, and you just see the the path to your bathroom. I think Katrina's gonna immediately regret what she has done, but now she basically has to follow through. Yeah, you you have this feeling that this might not have been the right choice, but that things are in motion and there's no way to turn back from them now. Yeah, she she walks to a bathroom and looks at herself and I imagine she has like this uh, mirror cabinet there. Uh, yeah, so it's just like the typical bathroom medicine cabinet kind of thing, and you you just walk in and you see yourself. You see your face in the mirror, and for a second, you see the young girl Katrina looking back at you. You don't see this this fame meme that you've come to know, that you've come to identify yourself with, and you see the the child of yourself just staring back at you, child version of yourself, and it reaches its small hand out to to welcome you. Uh, Katrina's going to try to grab it. With tears in their eyes. And you grab the, the hand of this younger version of yourself, this version of you that's happy, that's innocent, that's carefree. And it, it leads you into the mirror, into the hedge, through the through the bramble, through the swamp, through the through the brushes, 
just holding your hands, just guiding you as you as you cry, as you cry for this this part of you that is no more, this young, innocent, happy part of you that will occasionally look back, look up at you and smile, and it's just kind of pulling you through the hedge. And you're just you're just holding holding its hand, following it with this you know, you feel this childlike wonder in yourself as you as you begin to follow it, and you can't help but laugh. You can't help but smile. You can't help but grieve for what's lost, for what can never be again. And it it pulls you along into into just what seems to be just like a an an empty patch of the hedge, and then it just lets go of your hand and looks at you and. It just runs off and just disappears into the into the distance. And as you stand there, you're left with this this strangeness, this alienness, this oh shit kind of creeps over you as you realize where you are now. And now, first, let's do a clarity, a clarity check. check. Oh, I caught it. <laughs> Roll four dice. Nice. And you start to a set for a second. You worry about the implications of what you what you just did. You worry about how this is going to affect your 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 fragile being. And you're okay. You're all right. You're still Katrina. You're still the you that you know. There's a part of you that you can feel is missing. There's a part of you that you know you gave up, and you can't really. You're unable to really dwell on it because you can't necessarily think of what it is. It's just a longing for something that's lost. But you're okay. And you think about you're still yourself. Things are going to be okay. I was going to say you you regain a, a point of willpower for acting in accordance to your virtue. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say um, Katrina, now that she like thinks about it, actually, not just... Um acting by instinct, uh, she comes to realize, yeah, I, I did this with the intention of moving forward. I never had the option to, to go back. Very nice. Yeah. And I mean, it's a, it's a very like, it's a, it's a weird thing. It's, it's definitely not comfortable to, to find yourself back in this place. It's definitely not comfortable to bargain with whatever you just bargained with, but you feel comfort knowing that what just happened, as crazy as it was, it's not defining you. It's it's not going to shape you. You're stronger than than this obstacle. And on that note, let's um let's cut back to Frank. So you're you're sitting in your your quiet apartment after after Joe is kind of just backed off a little bit, and you you just kicked out the two members of the Crow people after after making them spill the beans and and doing some damage on on Melissa. And so yeah, you're just you're just back in the apartment now. It's been a few minutes of you just trying to process like what the fuck just happened. And then you you think like I okay, I should probably call Manny. Yeah. He answers the phone. Uh it seems like he had been sleeping and he's just like, "Frank, what do you have? Did, is it Raymond? Did he did he call you or something?" No, it's not Raymond, Manny. Oh, sorry for waking you up. It's just well, this is really important, and I think you should know this. I had, well, two of the crow people, uh, Ronnie and Melissa, and, well, they didn't tell us everything they knew about Charlie. 
What do you mean? What didn't we know? Well, apparently Charlie used to scare people with these friends he had. I think those friends were like us. And, well, first, the, the Cropiole, they told me that Charlie started acting weird. And that he started being way too similar to, you know, to them, to the fair folk. And he, he sort of wanted to leave the group and they threatened him, said they'd control him or something. And there was something about them creating this swamp daddy something. I didn't really understand that. Something about it slowly becoming its own thing, like a story. And yeah, that's what they told me. Also, they try to kill Fluffy, so. And you just hear, you just hear like the silence on the other end for, for a good few seconds. And he just says, did, did he hurt Fluffy? No, but it did hurt, hurt Melissa. Well, I'm sure you did what you had to do. Um, yeah, you know, they didn't want to tell me to think that It upsets me to think that Ron would break into your house. He's he's one of us. He's a he's a summer court. You know, we might have to... Well, we'll deal with that another time. Uh, it's okay. They were in a difficult situation. I think they understood my point. But if anything happens, I'll take care of it. Now, this group... This this scaring people thing. I've I've heard of something like that. I I know that I know that groups like this pop up occasionally in in different freeholds. I just didn't think that we had one here. Oh, it's, I thought I thought that was what the uh, Autumn Court did. Well, I mean, this is this is something a little bit different, Frank. This is yeah, it's it's involved with the Autumn people, but. Oh, this is a this is a, a a separate. These are separate types of groups that okay. that pop up every now and then. I mean, I just didn't think we, I didn't think we had anybody doing that type of thing here. Basically, the way that it works is a few people will get together. They will build urban legends around around an idea, and they'll commit acts to try to perpetuate the belief in this idea. Now, the belief in whatever idea will, in turn, cause people to experience more fear, and you know it'll it'll give the the people on the other end of it more power. I've witnessed this before in Miami. You know this this group of guys. They you know they got together. They started doing the whole Bloody Mary thing, and you know they What's had a pretty six. They they came up with this. You know that the old the old story, Bloody Mary. You say her name three times in the mirror, and she comes out and she gets you. And it's you know they any variation of of anything like that, you can just kind of come up with. You can you can throw little little bits of it out there, and, and people's imagination does the rest. Oh, okay. It's called a uh, it's called a scarecrow ministry. I didn't realize that we had a group like this, nor did I realize that Charlie was involved with a group like this. Well, I think he was. I don't think they were lying to me. Well, could be possible that maybe Charlie burned his ties with some of the 
people in this other group he was running with, and maybe that's what kind of sparked some of this weirdness. What else did they tell you, Frank? Uh, well, I think that's it. Uh, I told you about the Swamp Daddy. I, uh, What's this Swamp Daddy? Is that their... Is that their urban I, I legend? Is that their that, yeah, that's the thing you told me about, I guess, I think. They said it's its own thing now, so I think they lost control over it. Its own thing now? I've never heard of anything like that, but I don't know. I, I suppose it's possible. Its own thing like a, like a fetch or like what? I don't know. Hmm. And the whole time he's talking to you, you hear this variety of noises going on in the background. You hear the the beeping of the car as he as he opens the door and starts it, and you you just you just get the sense that he's 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 up and driving this whole time. And and before before your conversation is over, he's arrived he's arrived at the parking lot, and he's just like, "I'm actually here now. Uh, look, why don't you open the door for me?" Oh, I'll be right there. And another two minutes, and you know he's he's up the stairs and and at the door to your apartment after you buzz him in. Yeah. Hey, Manny. Looks and he, like you could have stayed here anyway. He steps in again, and he looks at this giant crack in the wall, and he just goes, "Jesus Christ, Frank." I think I hit her a little too hard. Well, they were intruders, Frank. I'm sure you did what you had to. Yeah. Uh, anyway. This is interesting. A scarecrow ministry in our own freehold, and I didn't even know. Do you think Norma would know about it? I doubt she knew about it. I don't think she would have kept something like that a secret from me. I mean, they're not necessarily against the rules. They're not necessarily bad, I suppose. It's just, I don't know. I just didn't realize it was going on. Mm. Well, The problem with these types of groups, Frank, is that... In certain places, they've had the tendency to 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 lead to some bad things. You know, people who get wrapped up in groups like these, people who get obsessed with the idea of scaring people, people who become too into the hedge, people who lose their they lose their focus, Frank. They lose their that clarity that that keeps us somewhat human, and they they fall into these things, and they'll they'll do whatever it takes. They'll they'll you know, I've heard stories of places where people have committed murders to, to keep these urban legends going, and you know they do all sorts of crazy shit to, to keep this a thing. I wonder what what Charlie got himself mixed up in. Well, I think he's, Charlie he's wanted to around leave. your house. He's he's like you know he's walking everywhere. He he, you said you think he wanted to leave. Yeah, that's what they told me, Ronnie and Melissa. Well, mostly Ronnie. So you think he probably got himself into some kind of trouble with this group? Yeah, I think so. This is interesting. Now, they didn't tell you anybody else that could be a part of this, did they? Somebody no, else they... who could ask? Somebody else who would know? Uh, No, I think I forgot to ask. Sorry, Manny. No, don't worry. You... You did good, Frank. Um, hmm. Now this is a tough one for me. I honestly, I'm not really sure what I should do. I wonder if I should tell Norma. I'm sure, I'm the last person she wants to 
speak with right now, but maybe this could give her some peace of mind. Maybe, maybe if she knew that I, I was looking into things, she would feel a little better. Maybe if she knew that things weren't a hundred percent with her, with her, with her boy there, that maybe I could talk to her be easier for you. Just write down what you want me to tell her. He'll, he'll think about it for a second. You'll be like, no, Look, I think if, if anybody's going to talk to her, look, maybe we should all do it. Let's me, you, Isabel, you know, we'll, we'll find her first thing tomorrow and we'll, we'll tell her what we know and we'll, we'll offer to, to help her any way that we can. And, you know, we'll try to, we'll try to fix this. Well, okay, Manny. Do you want to sleep here? I can sleep on the floor. It's fluffy. No, Frank, I am going to stay here, though. I'm not tired, but I, I'd like to just stay here and keep an eye on things, if that's okay with you. You know, I, I don't think they'll be coming back, but if they do, I'm not going to let you face them alone. Not that I don't think you, can, you can't handle yourself. It's, you're my friend, and I don't think you should have to. Well, okay, Manny. And he, but... takes, his, he takes his blazer off, and he kind of hangs it over the back of the chair, and he uh, takes his, unclips his beeper from his belt and just sets it down on the table. Well, I'm pretty tired, so I'm going to go to sleep now. If you still want to, you know, just shut your eyes for a couple moments, tell me, you know, prepare to sleep on the floor. All right, so I would like to cut forward to the next day, if that's okay with everybody. Yeah, it's Monday morning. Isabel, you wake up not having gotten the, the, the best of sleeps the previous night, but but you wake up either by by way of alarm clock or just having already been awake. But either way, it's morning and you are ready to begin your day. Okay. So um, Isabel ha- will probably be um, trying to regain some sense of normalcy and just go about like a typical like work day. You know, she's gonna get ready and everything and like meet up with her. Her appointments at the the houses she shows and things. It's not as busy as a weekend, but uh, there's still things going on. Yeah. So you get up and you you begin to start your uh, your morning routine. You begin to get yourself ready. You just drive down to the to the first um, first meeting, and you're just trying to, you know, just just get into that that routine of of just let's just let's just keep myself busy. Let's just keep myself occupied. I just go down there and just, and I'm just going to run through them all, just like one after the other. And I'm not going to think about any of this freehold stuff while I do it. And I'm just going to go and just do my mundane job. And, you know, like, it's like almost like, not, no, it's not like an escape, but it's almost just like you're trying to find comfort in, in a sense of routine again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you go down to your, your first listing, it's everything is smooth. You know, you'd go drive to the location of the second listing, just like clockwork. You know, you get through another one. And Frank and Manny, you guys, you awake at at your apartment, and you see Manny sitting in the chair, eyes shut. And as you kind of wake up and you, you stand up, you notice that he noticed, like he wakes himself up from his sleep feeling kind of embarrassed that you saw him doze off. You know what I mean? And tries to tries to play it like he hadn't been sleeping, but then it's just like, 
you know, just like whatever. And he gets up and he, he looks at his watch and then he picks up his, uh, his beeper and looks at it and he just walks right over to your phone and just like immediately starts dialing. Isabel, your phone rings your cell phone. Okay. So, uh, she'll, if, if she's in the middle of uh, like showing, you know, she'll take a moment to just be like, Oh, you know, excuse me, you know, whatever people that is uh, looking at this house and just kind of step away from that and into another room where she can have a little bit of privacy to answer her phone. Yeah. So like this phone call just cuts you off mid sentence and you still, still speaking to your clients, like take a look down and see Manny's number and you feel almost like insulted that, or, you know, you find it like, just like annoying that this is the number that's popping up right now while you are trying to do your job and you're trying to do this, you know, this, this normal thing that's going to be better for you. And you're just like, okay, here it goes again. And so you excuse yourself and you step off to the side, phone still ringing. Well, I mean, I answer, obviously. Isabel. Yes, Manny. Listen, I, I know you're working right now. Um, look, okay, this is important. Uh, the Crow people came to Frank's house last night. They tried to attack him. Um, they were looking for Raymond. They thought maybe they would find him here. Long story short, you know, Frank beat the shit out of that Melissa chick, and they ended up spilling the beans about about Charlie, about his involvement in something called a Scarecrow Ministry. You ever heard of that? No. Scarecrow groups, they, they, they pop up in Freeholds every now and then. They're they're, they make urban legends. They use them to scare people. Did, did you know anything about him doing something like this? I, I, I don't know. Not really. Well, the way it's looking is Charlie, what, whatever happened, he, he ran into some kind of trouble with this group. You know, according to one of his friends, Ronnie, he, this, this group was, you know, they, they said they were going to, they were going to fuck with him if, if he turned their, turned his back on them. And I don't know if he had some kind of falling out or whatever, but you know, there's this whole new piece of things that, that is just coming to light now. And I'm not really sure what to make of this, to be honest. I feel like I should tell Norma. I feel like I should let her know about Charlie and I should let her know about this group that is potentially operating in this freehold under our noses, but I just don't really know if she wants to talk to me right now. I don't really know if I'm the person that she needs to hear from or if any of this has anything to do with anything. If this is going to help us at all. I Well, if you respect her at all, you'll you'll talk to her yourself. I know. You're right. You're right. I, I guess I just wanted your opinion. I guess I just... I just wanted you to tell me what you would do. Talk to her and fix it. Look, Isabel, I'm I'm sorry. I no. Look, I'm sorry, okay? No. no, sorry doesn't cut it this time. Fix it. And then I just hang up on him. Frank, you'll see you'll see Manny just kind of um put the phone back down and he just kind of looks over to you with like a very solemn look in his in his face. And he's just like, "Well, She's pissed. What else is new, though? Hello, folks. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts, or just media in general that deals with your favorite White Wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded, 
one which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion so that your media could get the attention you want. Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called Weight Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there. High Level Games, the industry's first choice in taking your games to the next level. We are a podcast blog and new media network at highlevelgames.ca. We have blog posts about all of your favorite games going up five days a week and a podcasting network with actual plays and shows that discuss role-playing games with more rolling out all the time. We are on iTunes, Twitch, and YouTube. Find out more information at highlevelgames.ca, a site that certainly isn't controlled by a shadowy board of directors of otherworldly origin. That's highlevelgames.ca. Please. Help. They're coming. The Los Angeles metropolitan area is constantly growing and changing. Central District is full of new buildings. The Hollywood and Wilshire Districts, once far from downtown, now are part of a which spreads past Beverly Hills and out to the ocean. Why is all this going on in Los Angeles? Why is Los Angeles an exploding city? Neon Masquerade The Demon's Mirror Thirteen Candles Three Chronicles Running Through the Undead Veins of the City of Angels The Esoteric Order of Roleplayers Actual Play Podcast invites you to drink deeply. Go to eorpodcast.com and search the Duets tag to find out more.